Hallelujah. Why don't we lift up that name this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Has that name ever done anything for you? Hallelujah. Has it ever made a way where there seemed to be no way? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. A great presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, I think we are living interesting time. I believe God is ready to do a work with the church that he has done never before. I believe God's making ways where there's never been a way made. God's revealing us more than he's ever revealed us. And I am excited about what God has in store for new life. Amen. If you didn't get to hear it, I suggest click on to it and listen to it. And you'll be amazed. Amen. I, me and her were talking in the hallway, and I, we were talking about being nervous. And I didn't think she was even nervous. She did a phenomenal job, a great job. And it also let me know that we're in a, a chord. Um, she mentioned a few things that I want to mention here today. Um, thank you, ministry. Thank you, leadership, for this opportunity to be up here. It is an honor and pleasure to be up here to speak to you. Like I say many times, and I'll say it again, they couldn't have a bigger clown up here. I'm just teasing. Lighten up, people. The joy of the Lord is our strength. No, but I don't take it lightly being up here. I, I Sometimes I, pastor has to yell at me. It's never his fault. Let anybody know. He always says, Brother Chris, you can. But I like to get up here when I have something from God. And I truly believe in my spirit that God has given me something. And I truly believe that it is going to strengthen us and help us before we walk out of here today. Amen? Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, you want to get started, and we're going to open up to Ephesians 1. No, I'll know, pastors. Um, keep our prayers on him. God will use him mightily. <clears throat> Seems like it's cutting in and out on me. Sound that way to you? All right. Pastor's been teaching. He started teaching this week. Uh, I, um, he's not here, so I'm going to give him some brownie points uh, on prayer. And um, I want to encourage you, and um, it's almost like beating an old drum. You know, my, my favorite saying, quote, I tell, celebrate everybody. If prayer is anything, it is everything. It's like that cell phone you got in your pocket. You don't plug that in, and you try to run on that battery and run on that battery without charging it at least every other day, your spiritual man is going to dry up and die. I remember years ago, I come off the pulpit from preaching, and my dear old aunt, you guys know her, Sister Delphi, she's always, you know, a joker, and 
very truthful. <laughs> I come off, and she said, she says, well, son, you did okay. <laughs> and then she said, ah, you did good. And she said, I liked what you said about prayer. And I'll never forget it. She said to me, the next thing she said was, you can always tell when a man quits praying. And you can. Now, I'm not saying anybody out there has quit praying, but prayer is going to be our key, church, to the kingdom of God and to revival that God has in store for us in this end time. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. Ephesians 1, and uh, we're going to get started. Um, we're going to start at about Ephesians 1, verse 3. You there? Amen? Amen. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. <clears throat> in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. I want to let you know you've been chosen. If you're in here... Under the sound of my voice, you've been chosen, and God has faith in you, that you would be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Church, I believe that we are in the fullness of times. Amen. In the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And here it is, verse 11. In him who also... We have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Amen. Amen. I'm going to speak to you for just a few short moments this morning on this thought, the fullness of our inheritance. We have an inheritance, church. And no matter how you feel today, no matter what the devil has told you, no matter what you're going through, God has chosen us and called us, and we have a heavenly inheritance that not even the enemy himself can stop. And I want the fullness of my inheritance. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your house. 
It's a privilege and honor, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your splendor, God. Lord, let your spirit move in here, God. Free course, nothing hindering, God. Touch our minds, strengthen us. Let us leave here empowered, understanding who we are and what we have. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And let's give him one more hand clap of praise today. Why don't we do that mightily, expecting in faith that God is going to do something great in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Amen, amen, amen. Whew. Let me get this. I think I put a few pounds on on vacation. <laughs> Amen, amen, amen. Anybody in here want to be a multi-millionaire? Oh, come on. Who wants to be a multi-millionaire? I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice to walk out of the house every day, out of your, who knows, seven-bedroom mansion, 15-room mansion, Choose whether I want to jump in the Lamborghini, the Cadillac Escalade, the Mercedes, maybe the BMW, maybe my own customed out car with a new wrap. You guys don't even know what that is, do you? <laughs> Only reason I know is because I got teenagers. So. That, by the way, that's some kind of, you see these cars going down, they, their car changes colors in the sun and all that. That's, that's a wrap. Not a rap that I'm done preaching. So. But it would be nice. But 99% of us here today are not multimillionaires. It'd be nice. It'd be great. Now, I'm definitely not a multimillionaire. My wife, we weren't blessed to get an inheritance to be multimillionaires. Now, it's not a pity party. Hold on. It's got a good ending, I promise. I did wake up this morning, Bishop. Decided to go downstairs. And you know, when you got to go down the steps one step at a time, I thought, oh, it's going to be a bad day. <laughs> but I took my tie and all of my coffee. I'm good to go now. But we both, we didn't get a great inheritance. But it's okay. We're blessed now. You know, I got, a, I got a phenomenal job, great job. I'm not going to be rich from it, but I'm comfortable. I'm blessed. She got, she got a promotion, you know, one of the head secretaries. Did you contact Mrs. Maley before you came in? No, she's not prideful at all. If you know my wife, she's very humble. But God has been good to us. I don't have a lot. We don't have a lot materialistic. I, don't, I, I drive down my work, down the road that goes past my work sometimes, and if you know what I do, I'm in, like, construction, driving truck and material and working a mine, bring material out of the lakes. But on the one side of the lake, it's already been done. That was done 20, 30 years ago. And after they got done hauling all the material out there, they built these nice, fancy houses on the lakeshore. I would love. I go down that road every day, and I think, man, that would be phenomenal to sit on the back patio, eat dinner, and look out over the lake every day. But that's not the case. But I'm blessed. 
If you're here breathing today, you're blessed. If you had a cup of coffee, you found a way to church, you put clothes on your back, you're blessed, church. But today, as in Paul was referring to the Ephesians church, he wasn't talking about the almighty dollar. He wasn't talking about the material things in life. He wasn't talking about the mansions and all the fancy cars and having all the clothes that you wanted. What Paul was talking about is that we're a special called out inheritance that God has chosen for such a time as this. And we may not have it all materialistic, but in the spiritual realm, we're all even. You can have anything you want in the kingdom of God if you're hungry enough to pursue God for it. You're hungry enough to pray and fast and read and seek God. There's nothing to the limitations that the almighty God can do in your life. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I feel my help. I feel my help. (laughs) You see, that's where David found himself in the... 37th chapter of Psalms, he got his eyes on all the wicked people, all the rich people, all the blessed people. And he said, I almost lost it when I saw how the wicked were prospering and the righteous were hurting. And it made no sense to me until I went to the house of God and I saw their end. And then I saw our end and I saw that we would be with God Almighty, living in eternity forever and ever. Hear me, child of God, you can have all the material things you want, and it's not wrong, it's not bad, but it's more important that you invest in the kingdom of God and put everything into the kingdom of God because this thing is wrapping up, and it's wrapping up quick, and you have an inheritance and a perfect will that God has for each and every one of us in this house today. 2 Corinthians tells us in chapter 10 I'm getting getting too fat I'm having problems breathing (laughs) no I'm just kidding I'm not going to fall over 2 Corinthians 10 starting at verse 12 he says for we dare not make ourselves of the number what number The people that run around bragging of all the material things of all the things of this world They run around, I got this, I got that. That's not what is important. That's not what is important. Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, always patting themselves on the back. I'm somebody special. Let me get on Facebook and put what I just got. Sorry, it's okay. But they measure themselves by themselves And comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It is not wise to measure ourselves against the things that people have in the world. That is not the purpose and the calling that God has put on our life. The reason we are here, church, is because God called us and gave us an inheritance and a will to reach souls and win the loss and see the kingdom of God furthered. Jeremiah 29 and 11, very popular verse that we all know. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. 
to give you an expected end. If you'll pursue God and pray and seek God with all of your heart, your mind, and strength, God will give you the end that he is expecting for you. Now check out the Hebrew translation. It says, I will give you a great expected end, the end that you hoped for. God's willing 100% to throw his hat in the ring and say, if you're hungry for my kingdom, if you want to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered, I'm willing to give you that power. If you want to pray and see all kinds of lost souls come in, I'm willing to give you that power. But if you'll seek me and hunger after me, I will give you the end that you hoped for. But Brother Chris, how do I get there? You see, every time I try to take a step forward, I get knocked back two steps. I just don't fit in, Brother Chris. I feel alone and abandoned. I have these hurts, these hang-ups, these habits. My time has passed. I couldn't possibly do anything for God now. I'm going to barely make it on my own as it is. I'm not smart enough. I can't teach Bible studies. I can't stand in front of people. I could never teach a Sunday school class. I can never do this and that. By the way, these ain't just excuses I've heard from you. I have used every one of those that I just read off to you. That was my life. But I'm hungry for God. I pursue God, and I know God is a faithful God. Proverbs 3 and 5 tells us what to do. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding. And in all thy ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When I was writing this verse of scripture down, putting this sermon together, it was almost Bishop like God screamed at me. And he said, you do not trust me. In church, we don't. If we, I was talking to somebody the other day, and we was just being real. You know, I'm a very transparent person. I was, we were talking about serving God and how hard it is to serve God. People say, you know, it's easy to go, you know, this and that. No, a real man, a real woman serves God. And then we were talking about how, you know, it's, it's not easy. And then I brought up the thing, you know, what's really hard sometimes it's serving a God that you don't even see. It's hard sometimes. And our problem is, church, if we really get down to the nitty-gritty, is we do not trust God. I don't trust God sometimes. Because if we did, we would give time, we would give God his time and his space to work things out that we need in our lives. And if we would truly seek him in prayer and not expect it to be a microwave generation answer prayer. You know, in God's time, when he can trust us and sees that we're going to be faithful to the power he gives us and to the blessings that he give us. Because let's, be, let's just be real. If God gave some of us $10 million, we would be lost. And I'm not talking about just you. Some of us, if we can't budget 100, we ain't going to be able to budget 10 million. But with, with that much money, that much blessing, that would ruin some of us. 
Because I'll tell you right now, and you can ask my wife, she'll testify. I told her one time, man, we won the Powerball, 50 million, whatever. I said, first thing I would do is for a month go to the Bahamas. I'd be going out of church for a month. I mean, come on. God gives us enough to take care of us and supply our every need. But when we trust him and pray in time, God will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37 and 4 says, Also, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. This works in combination. We have to trust God and delight in God. When we start trusting God, then we learn to delight in God and say, well, God, I'm going to delight in you. I don't understand everything. I don't know why it's taken this long to work everything out. I don't know why they hurt me. I don't understand why I was born like this. I wasn't born into a rich family. I wasn't handed this and that. I didn't have that name. But once we start delighting in God and trusting him and saying, God, I'm just going to trust you no matter how long it takes. It might take a month. It might take a year. But I need an answered prayer. And I'm going to let God prove himself. Trust in the Lord and delight in the Lord. And by the way, I used to always think, you guys ever, you guys, everybody's probably heard that, you know, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, that, that doesn't mean I want $10 million. I'm going to pray and God's going to give me $10 million. No, I've learned that when you start seeking God, apostolic long hairs, Four women in the house. But when you start praying and seeking God and delighting in him, it doesn't mean God's going to give you exactly everything you want. God will put the desire in your heart, what he wants you to do in his perfect will in the kingdom of God so you can obtain the perfect inheritance that he has for your life. And the enemy is not going to take it sitting down, church. He's not going to let you inherit the power of God to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He's not going to sit back and lollygag while you fast and pray and ask God to give you a blessing financially. It's just not going to happen. The enemy doesn't hate you because all the fasting you did last week. He doesn't fight you and he doesn't frustrate you because of all the praying you did two weeks ago and all the fasting you did two weeks ago. He doesn't care about your blessings from last month or the souls you won last year. That's already been rewarded to you in the Lamb's Book of Life. God has already credited you for that. But the reason that he hates us, the reason he hates me and you, the reason he fights us, the reason he tries to frustrate you, the reason he tries to discourage you, the reason he tries to make you feel worthless and abandoned is because he wants our inheritance. He doesn't care about your past. He wants the seed that has been planted that hasn't come to fruition yet. He's after the dream that God hasn't brought to pass yet. He's after the prophecy that the man of God has spoken into your life. He's after the revival that's coming after your house. He's after the promise that God has given to you. He's after the vision that has not yet come to pass. He's after your future. He could care less about our past. He wants to stop our inheritance. 
When God gave you his call, the devil started demising your fall. But even with all of our mistakes and problems and failures, and by the way, God never used anybody that was perfect. Quit beating yourself up because you tripped over something spiritually yesterday. Put it under the blood before the sun goes down and trust that God's mercy and grace is sufficient and that in the morning his mercy will meet you. God's grace is sufficient. And where sin doth abound, grace much more abounded. I don't care if you've tripped over the same habit 20 times. God's grace will forgive you, but it doesn't mean you can abuse it. But he will meet you at the point of grace and forgive you every time. Even with all of our mistakes and our failures, he will not win the enemy will not win as long as you do not quit. Because Colossians 1 says, if you read through the whole chapter of Colossians 1, we are worthy, the Bible says, of the inheritance of the saints in light. Church, we've got the title and the deed to a city whose builder and maker is God. The enemy cannot take that from you if you do not give up and you do not quit serving God. You are already called in the inheritance and you're already here for a purpose and a will. If you're in this room today, God has called you. Quit beating yourself up thinking God has given up on you. Over 10 times in the scripture, Paul used the word mystery. But Paul wanted us to understand something. It's really not a mystery. The things that Paul was talking about, you see, the things that Paul prayed about when he prayed daily and fasted and sought God for his will and his life, God always revealed it to him except one thing, the thorn in his flesh. But the things that Paul was talking about here in Ephesians The mysteries of God is the things that the church, you and I, I promise you, saint of God, there's things that you and I have not seen yet. Ear hath not heard. Eye hath not seen. There's so many things in your life, if you do not get frustrated and give up, that God has in store for you and in his inheritance. It is not a mystery. As long as you seek God and hunger God and pray and say, God, I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to delight in you. And God, no matter how long it takes, God, you will reveal your will in my life in this end time because everybody in this room has a purpose, a calling, a talent, and a will in your life. Ephesians 1 and 6 tells us, and this is phenomenal. We are accepted into the inheritance of God. We're already accepted. The devil cannot rob us of our inheritance as long as you do not walk away from God. And let me tell you something. I'm nobody. Nobody at all. When these people come into our church in this end time with all their tattoos, with all the piercings all over, with drugs on their system and the alcohol on their breath, they're accepted 
and we better learn to accept them or God's going to start doing some replacing. They deserve a chance over and over and over. And if we'll be real, just like we received a chance over and over and over. So as long as we're accepted, whoever comes through those doors, they're accepted. We are the accepted of the inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let's open our Bibles. See how fast I can find it here. I lost my track. Threw my paper out. We're going to go back to our scripture, Ephesians 1. I'm just about done. <clears throat> Let's read that. Ephesians 1, starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There it is. As I was studying and putting this sermon together, God emphasized to me, and that's why I emphasized it as I was reading it before I started. God has given us all the things we need in spiritual heavenly places. Where's that? Right here. If we'll seek God and pray and hunger, everything that we want spiritually, as long as God can trust us with it, he's willing in these heavenly places to give it to us. Verse 4. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. There it is. If you're here today, he chose you before the foundations of the world. Amen. Just like when he told Jeremiah, I called you. I chose you before you were even born. When you were in your mother's womb, I called you to be a prophet to the nations. God already knows the will and the plan in your life. And as long as you seek God, God has a call and a purpose and a will from you. And let me tell you something. I'm nobody because I'm up here preaching. Those teachers back there teaching those little kids, they are right now just as important as I'm standing here preaching to you. The foot needs the toe, and the foot needs the hand, and we need the head and the arms. Everybody is just as important as everybody else. I'm no important than the man that opens the door, but when we come together in these heavenly places and we trust that God has a purpose and a plan, the church will go on and be furthered to its full inheritance. In heavenly places, according as he had chosen us in before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us to the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he said, I'm going to take you. I'm adopting you. I'm taking you, Brother Jim. I'm taking you, Brother Vaughn. I'm taking everybody. If you're in this room today, you've been adopted by Jesus Christ. You're not an accident. Don't let anybody tell you you're not important or you don't mean nothing to the kingdom of God. You are important, and God chose you. <clears throat> and who we have redemption through his blood. To the praise of the glory, verse 6, of his grace, wherein we have been made he has made us accepted as the beloved he's accepted us nobody can change that but you in whom we have redemption through the blood through his blood for the forgiveness of our sins thank you jesus 
for the blood of Calvary. According to the riches of his grace. He's rich in grace. I've mentioned that. Every morning you get out of bed, his grace is sufficient. Doesn't matter how bad you messed up. You've been called. You've been chosen. You're the inheritor of a kingdom. His grace is sufficient wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and all prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. He'll make his will known to you in your life. If you'll teach him or pray and seek him, God will reveal to you what it is he wants you to do in his kingdom according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Here we are, church. We see the world and the situation and all the cruelty and violence and anger. We are in the fullness of times, church. And if you want to be something for God, now is the time. Because God is handing out a fullness of inheritance for whosoever will. This is for whosoever will. And as long as you're willing, God is able. He might gather together in one all things in him, both that are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. He's getting everything together. In whom also, here it is, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. God has called you and I, no matter what the devil thinks, no matter what your neighbor thinks, no matter how bad you beat yourself up, no matter the trials and tests you go through, God is not abandoning you. God is trying to test you to prove that he is going to use you to get ready to give you the fullness of your inheritance. And when that happens, church, and we come into unity and into the agreement of one mind and one place and one accord, there is anything possible to the those who believe we could all stand here today I want the fullness of my inheritance I want God's will in my life and I know you do or you wouldn't be here today God has sent me here today to let somebody know and encourage you God knows exactly where you are, and God knows exactly what he is doing. Don't get frustrated in faith right now. You've almost made it. The finish line is in sight. You know what? If I have to, I get on my knees right now, and I beg you, do not walk away from God now. We are in the fullness of times. And I prophesy to you under the unction of the Holy Ghost. God is ready to reveal his inheritance in your life. If you will not walk away and you will trust him and delight in him, God will give you the desires of your heart. We are inheritors, the Bible says, of a a city whose builder and maker is Christ. We are inheritors of power and blessings. And I want my full inheritance. 
and I'm going to open this altar today for those who, who, for whosoever will thirst and hunger after their inheritance. I know some days might be rough, child of God. You may have to struggle a little bit, paying the bills, going to work every morning. I know it's not fun dragging yourself out of that bed, not having everything you want. Yeah, you could have a better car. You could have a better house. But hear me, child of God, it's only temporary. It's only for a little while, the Bible says. And it's as a vapor, and then it disappears. But I don't know about you, but I want my full spiritual inheritance that God has promised me. And if you're here today, and you're praying with your voice lifted and your hands lifted, you are that inheritor. Don't give up now. Don't walk away from God now. God is ready to reveal things in this church that we have not seen ever before. Amen. Let's lift our voices and pray here today.